Isn't it awesome? You know, we, we gathered here together today as a family in the name of one person and one person only. His name is Jesus Christ. It's, G, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. That's what makes this morning, this gathering so special. <laughs> Are you happy this morning? Are you hungry this morning? I, I got real good news for you this morning. Jesus is in the building. Oh. If it's not about him, it's not about anything. We've shown up for the wrong thing if it's not about him. Amen. Oh, man, God's so good. Man, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to go at it. You ready? I'm just going to share my heart with you this morning. I, um, man, I, I don't, this is, I, oh, man, I'm trying to decide if I even want to do this or not. <laughs> man, I, I don't like to normally, like, I don't like to pay attention at all to what the enemy's doing. Or, or focus on him for a moment, but I, I have become aware of something. And anytime we as believers become aware of something, it requires a response from us as believers. Amen? Like, and I just, you know, like we, we're all aware of this coronavirus, but there's this new thing, this Delta variation or whatever of it and it's beginning to affect kids and I don't know if this is just going to help me feel better but I just I just want to say absolutely not in the name of Jesus I just felt led to say that this morning man like 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 I just want to declare this one that the blood of Jesus Christ is enough and I just want to release, man, would you just help me? I just want to release the victory of Jesus over any and every virus that's happening in our world today. And I just want to make this announcement right now. I don't know who needs to hear this, but this is straight from the pits of hell. This is from the enemy. It ain't from God. He's not the source of our pain. He's the source of our healing. And this stuff has to go back to where it came from. Amen. I just, I just, I just feel better about that right now. Wow, man. And you know, if it's from the enemy, it's also good to remind yourself that he's been defeated. Yes. That Jesus has already won the victory. And let me just say this real quick to you, man. If you're, if you're afraid, if you're feeling fear right now from anything that's happening in the world, that ain't from the Lord. If, if you're feeling fear, and it's okay, we feel fear, we just don't obey it. Amen. If you're feeling fear, it's from the enemy, and it's just because, like, God's about to do something really special. Are you with me? Fear is the thermometer to tell us that God's about to do something powerful. Fear means that you've become, like, a threat to the enemy because he doesn't want to see his kingdom advanced. And what we do is we overcome that fear. We bind it and we cast it out in the name of Jesus. We rise up as sons and daughters, man, and we release victory. Amen? Oh, man. Man, to, it is, to me, it is such a bummer that like a virus has taken front and center stage in our world when we as believers know who overcome the world. 
It's Jesus. Jesus tells us in uh, James 16, He says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We have to make sure that Jesus is front and center stage in our heart. Now's the time to partner with him and just begin to release the truth of his word, release freedom, release healing. Amen. Amen. Man, Jesus, we declare your victory over this sickness right now in Jesus' name. We declare the blood of Jesus is enough. That the blood of Jesus is not dried up. It's still flowing through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we say, Holy Spirit, go forth right now. We eradicate this this plan and this scheme from the devil right now. We say, Jesus' blood speaks a better word. We say, Jesus, you will have the final say so. We know how this ends before it even begins. We thank you, Jesus, for your victory right now over all sickness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, amen. Oh! Man, at some point, man, we we have to be more dependent upon Jesus and his power than we are anything else. Oh, man, he's so good. Okay, you ready? I have have an exciting announcement to make really quick, but I feel like it will sort of kind of bring us into what I feel like God wants to release okay now because ultimately this morning I want to just kind of pick up where I left off last time when I was preaching I I talked about the lordship of Jesus you know you know Jesus not only wants to save us he wants to lord from within us my whole entire life I've been hearing like Jesus is Lord and Savior, but I'm just now realizing that there's a difference between him being Lord and Savior. That he wants to Lord from within us, man. And it's not that one is greater than or less than the other. They're not in competition. It's not and or, it's both. He wants to be Savior and he wants to Lord. Are you with me this morning? But but, but here's, here's where I want to start, man. This is just so awesome. About a month and a half ago, we get a phone call from Tracy Hips. It's actually Tate Hips' dad who, who runs uh, Christian Service Mission. And he calls the, the church and he says, hey, you guys, I have an opportunity for you to pray about. And we were like, cool, man, what, what is it? He goes, I got a warehouse full of school supplies. And there's a, a school, Grantswood Elementary School, right in your backyard. And if you want to partner with the school, you can come pick up the supplies, go set it out, man, and let the teachers come and shop and get school supplies for the school year, for their classroom, and then for kids that show up and and don't have any uh, school supplies for them to pass it out. If you guys want to partner with them, you have an opportunity to bless them and love on them. And we didn't have to pray about it. We said, this has been a dream of ours. To, to get in the schools, man, and love and bless them and bring the kingdom of God. And so th- this Wednesday at 8 a.m., I know many of you have jobs, you have things going on. If you can't be here, man, just pray. We're going to gather right here at the church Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. We're going to go to Christian Service Mission, fill up a trailer full of school supplies, head to Grantswood Elementary School, set it out, and love on and bless the teachers and pray for the upcoming school year. Yes. Isn't that great? Man, you, you talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's the gospel, man. It's Christ was crucified for you because he loves you and he sees you and he values you. Wow. Isn't that exciting? So if you want to be a part of that, show up Wednesday morning. 
at 8 a.m. And you could come. We're just going to go just plant seeds and hopefully build relationship to get in the middle school and the high school and just bring the kingdom of God in the education system. Amen? I, that excites me. And I, I just, I've been thinking about that this week. You, you know, the, the reason that we've been just singing about it this morning is all about Jesus. It's all about this love relationship with him. The reason it's, it gets to be so exciting to go into a school and set up school supplies and love on and bless and serve the teachers. And ultimately, the reason that we get up to wake up every day so excited to love people, to help people, to serve people, to speak life over people, to step out and pray for people. The reason that that's so exciting, it's real simple. It's because we're in love with Jesus. Y'all, we have to get this before we get anything else. Everything flows from being in love with him. This this is not about what we go to do. This is about being in love. Man, man, our our dad, everybody here knows him as Pops. Mine and Jeremy and Carly's dad, man, he was in a Christian rock and roll band called Halo. And I remember as a kid going to his concerts and he, they traveled all over the United States and he played bass and was the lead singer. And, and, and in the middle of every concert, man, he would st- they would stop playing and he would share the gospel. Man, Pops has seen thousands and thousands of people come to know Jesus. And, and I remember being in his concerts and there's, there's a few things that really stick out that he said. And this was one of them. He'd be preaching the gospel and he'd be reminding people, listen, just to remind you, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. God created you to be in a love relationship with Jesus. This is not about what we go and do. We put such an emphasis in this Christian life on doing, but what if it's about being in love? And I want to make sure as I lead this evangelistic charge here to Rise Birmingham, that we're not in love with what we do for him. We're in love with him. Because of the overflow of being in love with Jesus is watching his love be made manifest through our lives everywhere we go and we don't even have to try. It's just a natural, normal part of who we are every day. Are you with me? I'm in love, and his love just flows over. And not only do people see him by the way that I live, but I can't keep quiet about who he is because I'm in a love relationship. So Christ in me just comes out of me, and it's not about me trying anymore. I'm just being a son that's in love. Because it's not about what we do. It's about who we are, and who we are, we're in love with Jesus. This is what it's about. It's a love relationship, man. You know what it says in Psalms 110, verse 3? It says this. It says the troops, you and I are the troops, it's talking about. The troops will willingly volunteer in the day of God's power. Now, when is the day of God's power? It's today. (laughs) Woo! It began with Jesus. It says the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and he was endowed with power. Woo! So everywhere he went, he carried the power of the Holy Spirit. And that was the key to him getting the results that he got. 
And then Jesus tells the disciples, I've got something even better. You've been in my presence, but now my presence is going to be in you. I'm going to ascend to be with the Father, and the Spirit's going to come, and now you're going to be endowed with power. In Acts chapter 2, man, God poured out his Spirit, and thus began the day of God's power. Listen, the troops will willingly volunteer to be used by God in the day of his power. You ought not have to be coaxed and pushed and forced to be used by God. We get to wake up every day and say, God, I willingly volunteer to be a part of the greatest thing in the history of this world, the advancement of your kingdom on this earth. Here am I, use me, and I thank you that it's not about what I go and do. The pressure's off. It's about who I am. I'm in a love relationship with Jesus, and the overflow of that is watching it manifest. And I'm not even having to try. I don't even know any better. Christ in me becomes Christ through me. We have to make sure, man, this is not about doing. This is about being in love. You know, for me, here's what it is. It's when you... When you're pursuing him, when you're in a love relationship with him and you're allowing him to lord from within you, when you're allowing him to be your leader and your master, that's what the lordship of Jesus is. He's my leader. He's my master. He's my everything. I allow him to lord from within me and I'm in a love relationship with him. All of a sudden, man, my heart begins to beat for the same things that his heart beats for. You begin to fall in love with what he's in love with. I talk about this all the time. <laughs> but when, you, when we're in a love relationship and, and he begins like to lord from within you, your hearts begin to beat to the same drum. Yeah. Like you know that you're one with him? Yeah. Not only because we're the bride of Christ, that's part of being one, but Christ lives in us. John 14, 23 says he has set up house scheme. He has made his home inside of you and I as his sons and daughters. It doesn't get any more one than that. Look, this is a side note, but I just want to make sure somebody needs to hear this. When Jesus came to live inside of you and make you his home, he cleaned you up and he cleaned you out. Jesus does not live in a dirty home. Oh! You are clean. Man, people go, man, I'm so dirty. No, you're not. Jesus would never come inside of a dirty home. He cleans you up and cleans you out. And the Bible says that you're pure, you're holy, you're righteous in his sight. Colossians 1.22 says you're without blemish. Oh, my gosh. Is that not exciting? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says we're the righteousness of God. We're one with him. He's made his home inside of us. And so everywhere we go, man. We begin to carry Jesus with us. We begin to carry his heart with us. You no longer carry your heart. You carry the heart of Jesus. And you begin to see the way that he sees and feel what he feels. You begin to respond the way that he responds, and you can't even help it. For me, everywhere I go, I want people to have what I have. That's it for me. It's like, and if they don't have it, I want them to have the love and the hope and the joy and the peace and the freedom. And if they don't have it, have it, it bothers me. You know why it bothers me? Because I love them. And I love them because he first loved me. And the overflow of that love is loving others. Jesus marked me with his love in such a way that I can't help but give it away. And it's not about what I do. It's about who I am. I'm a son that's in love with the king. Oh! Are you with me? Listen, when you get marked by the love of Jesus, you discover really quick that it's an unselfish love. You cannot keep it to yourself. It just comes out of you. 
This is what this evangelistic charge looks like. Evangelism is a fancy word for love. And love looks like something. And it doesn't look like what you do. It looks like who you are. Isn't this good, man? Man, oh, like, I mentioned this. I'll do just a little bit of a recap of the lordship of Jesus that I began the last time I was here. But, you know, I, I mentioned that over the past couple months, the Holy Spirit has just been just reminding me how important it is to keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. It all comes back to him. It, it is not about what you know. It's all about who you know. Jesus is not a philosophy. He's a relationship. Amen. It truly is not about where we go and what we do. It's about who we are and who we carry. Oh, my. See, we carry, man, Jesus. We carry the spirit and power. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.19, the same power that God exerted when he raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that lives inside of us. I say this all the time, but we are loaded as believers. Do you know who you carry? If we have dead raising power in us, we certainly have the power to share the gospel and see souls get saved. We certainly have the power to lay hands on the sick and watch the spirit move in their life and their body be healed. Amen? This is what we carry, man. If we knew what we carry, it'd change everything. See, the Holy Spirit, man, allows us to live the hot life and not the cold life. He takes cold Christianity and makes it hot so that we can burn. He takes the ordinary and makes us extraordinary. I mean, you know that the Spirit is the key to fulfilling the Great Commission. I want to take a whole Sunday and talk about the role of the Holy Spirit. But let, let me just tell you this. Like, the, the blood of Jesus puts us in position and qualifies us to be used by God. But the Holy Spirit is the key to getting the same results that Jesus and the disciples got. Are you with me? Jesus did not do one miracle apart from the Spirit and power. Everything flows from the Spirit. Where you see the Spirit, you see God in action. Where you see the Spirit, you see the miraculous. Where you see the Spirit, you see the healing power of God. Everything takes place through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, listen, if you look, you read in the book of Acts chapters 1 through 5. And and this is the early church, and it's just amazing stories. Signs, wonders, and miracles were just absolutely normal. You know that the early church, they didn't go around searching and probing for miracles. They just believed they lived in miracle territory. Everywhere they went, every territory, they knew that the Spirit was with them. And so they just prayed, and they preached, and things happened. That's why Paul says, my preaching was not done with wise and persuasive words, but by the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. They didn't know any better. They just knew who they were and who they carried. It wasn't about what they went to do. It was about who they were. Do you see the difference? Can we get this this morning? Can we get this? Can we relieve ourselves of pressure and just lean into the Spirit? It'd be so easy to read Acts 1 through 5 and go, man, those are great stories of what happened then. But really, they just show who God is and what he wants to do again. Really, we can read Acts 1 through 5 and realize, whoa, this is what we can expect every day of our life. What if we read the Bible like that? Instead of oohing and on over the great stories, what if it's like, whoa, I can't wait to see that happen tomorrow in my life. Because what he did then, he wants to do again. Every day of our life, the same spirit that rested upon Jesus is the same spirit that rests upon us. 
there's only one Holy Ghost. Whoa, that messes me up. Man, he, he takes the mundane and makes it exciting. He takes the impossible and makes it possible. He takes religion and makes it a love relationship with Jesus. So that this Christian life is not about a list of do's, don'ts, rights, wrongs, rules, and regulations. And he doesn't compete in Jesus' name. Listen, if this is not about a love relationship with him, then it will, Jesus will become a principle or a concept. Somebody, something that we're trying to abide by. And it becomes about the list. And that will become your focal point. And you'll spend the rest of your Christian life trying not to sin and just trying to do things right. Trying to live a right life. But the moment you said yes to Jesus, he's the one that put you in right standing with God. He's the one that made you right with the Father. The blood of Jesus puts you in right standing from this point forward. Did you know that in Luke 18, 19, it says, no one is good but God. Stop trying to live a good life. Pursue a love relationship with Jesus. You are good because Christ lives in you. God has set it up in such a way that we wouldn't be focused on a law We'd be focused on a person, and the person of Jesus Christ set us free from the law of sin and death. And he's put us in a relationship, and he says, if you'll follow me, I'll lead you into the way everlasting. I'll lead you into abundant life. If you'll let go of your life, I'll give you one worth living. This is about a love relationship with him. Are you happy this morning? If you are not in love with Jesus, you will read the Bible and all you'll ever see is what you're not allowed to do. That's all you'll ever see, what I'm not allowed to do, a list of do's, don'ts, rights, and wrongs. And when you see that because you're not in love, you'll begin to manipulate the word of God to fit your plan, your agenda, your heart, and your will. I talk to Christians that do it all the time. They're not in a love relationship with Jesus. They like the idea of him and would even say that they love him, but they've manipulated the word of God to fit their plan, their lifestyle, their agenda. Homosexuality, transgendered, it's running rampant right now. And I'm telling, and I have conversations with even Christians that think that that stuff is okay. And they even say that it's okay because I read the Bible and the Bible says it's okay. And their argument is, Wes, do you read the Bible? The Bible says that God is love. I'm with you, brother. Yes, he is love, and he loves everybody, but he loves you too much to let you make choices that don't line up with his heart, his plan, and his will for your life. Are you with me? Melanie said it best just a few weeks ago, man. She goes, we we can't just accept people's choices in the name of love when their choices don't line up with the truth that sets them free. Real love is seeing people for who they are and calling them higher. Real love is seeing the plans and purposes that God has for people's lives and our heart being burdened for them in such a way that we can't help but share the truth. And we share it in love because we want them to experience the immeasurable more that God has for their life. Are you with me? Is this okay to talk about? It better be. It's the word of God. See, when, when, when you're in love with Jesus, you realize that the boundaries and perimeters that God puts on your life aren't to keep you from something. They protect you for something. 
when you're in love with Jesus, you realize that God's not pushing you away or keeping you out. He's inviting you in and calling you higher. When you're in love with Jesus, you realize as sons and daughters that we get to live in the boundaries of the kingdom because outside is a counterfeit freedom. There is only one true liberty, and his name is Jesus Christ. And there are people that have manipulated the word of God to make it fit their plan and their agenda, and they'll say, man, I'm so free. Your version of freedom. There's only one liberty, and it's Jesus. Outside the confines of God's kingdom is a momentary, temporary pleasure that will never fulfill and never satisfy. Jesus is the answer, man. Oh, man. Let him set you free. Let him set you free this morning. This is about a love relationship with him. And inside this love relationship, man, we go, Jesus, I want you to, Lord, I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my master. In Romans 10, verse 9, I shared this a few weeks ago. It says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. It doesn't say if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Savior. I was listening to a podcast a couple months ago, and it shared that scripture And I knew it. It's like, oh, man, I use that scripture a lot when I'm sharing the gospel. And they read it several times, and they kept saying, Lord, Lord. And I hit pause on my podcast. And the Holy Spirit began to hit my heart. And he began to show me, hey, Wes, there's a difference between Lord and Savior. I didn't even finish the podcast. I just began to get this download, man about what it means for Jesus to Lord from within us. We've done a pretty good job as accepting as Savior, but we've fallen short of making him Lord. He wants to Lord from within us so that we can discern what is good and evil. He wants to Lord from within us so that we know the difference between his voice and a stranger's voice. He wants to Lord from within us so that we don't see how much we can get away with and still slide our way into heaven and say, man, I'm safe. He wants the Lord from within us so we experience heaven right here and right now. Look at me, church. This is so important. Salvation makes the kingdom possible, but lordship makes it a reality. Salvation opens the door to the kingdom. Lordship allows us to walk through it and actually begin to experience it. Mark 1.15, notice that before it says the kingdom is at hand, it says repent. Change the way that you think, do an about face, and face the one who has set you free and has the abundant life for you. Allow him to lord from within you, and boom, the kingdom is yours. You'll begin to experience everything in it. I got time this morning. Can I talk about I got um, so much on my heart. But can I just mention one of the ways of making him Lord, leader, and master in our life? It's, It's this. We have to make sure that the most important thing in our heart is a hunger for more of him. That's gotta be number one. I'm hungry for more of you, Jesus. I've talked about this before, but never super extensively. It's where, it's where hunger and humility coincide. I'm hungry for more of Jesus because I'm humble enough to realize that I haven't arrived yet. Amen. I wake up every day poor in spirit. It doesn't mean that I'm lacking in the physical. My spirit's just thirsty and hungry for the things of God. I wake up every day and I realize that God wants to do something new in my life. 
Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty and new things which you do not know. Every day we wake up, we get to call upon God and he goes, man, I'll show you new things. I'm eager to meet you where you are and show you the unsearchable things that you don't know yet because I'm such a good father and you're an amazing son. Whoa, it's every day of our life. It's this hunger for more of him. It's also why, like, we have to make sure, Bill Johnson does such a good job of explaining this, but he goes, you can't come to church on a Sunday morning and expect that to be your only meal for the week. He goes, you don't ever sit down and have a meal and expect that to sustain you for the rest of the week. It's the same thing on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. You can't just come and encounter him inside the context of a family and expect that to last the whole week. Look at me, church. Jesus wants to be your daily bread. He's got fresh bread for you every day of your life. Woo! And I'm hungry for it. It's the same reason that you can't come to church and gather together as a family on the Sunday morning to hear a good message. We got to come hungry for Jesus. What happens if you come to church on a Sunday morning and you walk away and you realize that the message didn't actually pertain to what you were going through? You might walk away more discouraged than how you came. And it's because you're more dependent upon man than you are on Jesus. Are you with me? When you come hungry for him, you'll leave filled up. It doesn't matter where you go or where you worship. You're hungry for him, you'll get something. It's about him. I'll never never forget. I I, I learned this about eight years ago. Uh, maybe even longer. I, maybe Caroline and I were dating. I can't remember. I, I, but before we started this church, and I still do this some, I, I traveled and just shared the gospel and spoke. And I did a lot of youth groups and youth camps and youth retreats and disciple now weekends. And I've written several student curriculum, man. And I built relationships with all these youth pastors in the southeast. And that's what I did five, six, seven, eight times a month. I just go and just share my heart and share the gospel. And it was mainly in Methodist and Baptist traditional churches. And I loved it. And I built this great relationship with this guy out in Texas in their youth group. You know, youth groups tend to be a little more lenient than like, you know, the Sunday morning services. And so I was, I, they invited me to come to do a youth conference. And, and, and the youth pastor, I knew him. He goes, Wes, now I know you and I know your heart. I know you're in love with Jesus. So you come and share. You do your thing. You can talk about the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost or whoever you call him. And he said, you, you, can, talk, you can talk about healing, man, the healing power of God. You, I know you and your love for Jesus. I trust you. Isn't that awesome? Because for me, it was never about going into a place and trying to get them where I was. It was just meeting them where they were. Because the goal is not to encounter West. The goal is to encounter Jesus. To love them towards the heart of the Father. Then I didn't have to make something happen. Things just begin to happen. Because it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. What if it's not about the miraculous? What if it's about being in love with Jesus? And the byproduct is the miraculous because God can't hit uh, He can't. Do anything else. It's who he is. That's all he knows to do. What if the doing is a byproduct of being in love? Hallelujah. And so I, I went and it was awesome conference and several kids got saved. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to say anything that wasn't right. I think... Uh, that particular conference, a few people got received physical healing. It was awesome. And so they asked me to preach on the Sunday morning service. I said, sure, I'd love to. And this is traditional, you know, piano, organ, 
hymn. And I'm standing there on the front row and I'm looking at this hymnal. And I'm singing. And I'm reading the words. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit hits my heart. And I begin to cry. And I begin to encounter Jesus. And all of a sudden, I put my hymn down and I sat down on the pew. And the cry turned to a weep. And the youth pastor goes, hey, Wes, are you okay? I go, Matt, I think so. He goes, just so you know, you're speaking right after this song. Because I, I went from the pew to my knees, and I'm just encountering the Lord. And that day marked me because it wasn't about a band. It wasn't about where. It was about who. And I began to encounter him. It reminds me of John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. When Jesus is telling the Samaritan woman, a day is coming and has now come. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, those are the worshipers the Father seeks. You know what Jesus is telling that Samaritan woman? He's going, listen, it's not about where you worship or who's leading worship. It's about the attitude of your heart that longs to connect with the heart of the Father. It's about a hunger for the things of God. And when you're hungry for him, you'll get it. It doesn't matter where you are, who's leading, or what's going on. You will encounter Jesus when you're hungry for him. It's all about a love relationship with him. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says, don't pray like the hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite, for they like to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners where they can be seen and heard. And I tell you the truth, they have received their reward. He said, but instead, you go into your closet and close the door where no one can see you but your father. And when he sees you in secret, he will reward you in the open. Hallelujah. Man, there's... There's something about the secret place. If the most important thing in our heart is a hunger for him, the most important part of our day has to be intimacy with him in the secret place behind the closed door. There's something, you can encounter him anywhere, but there's something about the closed door where there's no distractions, the one-on-one relationship with King Jesus. Are you with me, man? Every day of our life. Don't be like the hypocrites. They like to be seen. Let me just say this really quick. God's already stamped his seal of approval on you. We're not seeking the praise and the approval or the pat on the back from mankind. We've gotten everything we need from him. Because the goal is not for you to be seen, but for people to see him in you. The goal is not for people to encounter you, but in him. The goal is not for you to build your kingdom, but to build the kingdom of God. Because seeking the praise and the approval of people leads to performance, and we're not supposed to be anybody's entertainment. Can, can I just be real vulnerable with you just for a minute right here? And this, I'm, I'm almost done. You know, for me, I love to share the gospel so much, and I love people so much. And sometimes for me, the, I, I want to share it in such a clear way because I want them to have the best opportunity to get saved. And, like, and then even for me, on another note with that, it's like God's like chosen us to be the ones to share the gospel, and I don't want to mess it up. And so sometimes it comes with this wee bit of pressure. 
And in those moments, it's when the Holy Spirit just kind of eases up beside of me in the most loving, gentle way. He goes, hey, Wes, I don't need you as much as you think I do. And I just begin to cry. And it doesn't take away from like him choosing us to be the one that he releases the gospel through. It's just a great reminder that it's not about us. It's about him in us. And he's so perfect. God is not looking for the anointed and the appointed. He's looking for the willing and the available. And if we be willing and available, he'll take care of the rest. He is so good, y'all. This is not about a performance, man. Jesus did the ultimate performance on the cross. He performed so that you wouldn't have to, so that you could rest in his finished work. He performed so that the Spirit could come and rest on us, so that it wouldn't be about us, it'd be about resting in him. So it wouldn't be about what we do, it'd be about who we are, sons and daughters that are in love, and that love be made manifest everywhere we go, and we don't know any better. This is Christian life. And you know what the byproduct of that love is? You know what comes with love? The power of the Holy Ghost. The miraculous becomes a byproduct. How dare we ever pursue miracles? We pursue King Jesus. Let's all stand. It's the Lordship of Jesus, man. I don't know what you need this morning, but whatever it is, Jesus has it. He wants to meet you where you are. He wants to forgive you. He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. And ultimately, it's already been done on the cross. And for some of you, it, it might just be as, as, as simple as I've made him my savior, but I'm ready to let him be my Lord, my leader, my master in every area of my life. I'm ready to lay some things down that I'm still hanging on to so I can gain a life worth living. For some of you this morning, it's just as simple as, man, Jesus, I want you to be Lord, leader, and master. So I want to make sure that I'm, the most important thing in my life is a hunger for more of you. The most important thing in my life is intimacy with you in the secret place. And let me tell you this too. This is important, man. One of the keys to overcoming sin or struggle in your life is intimacy with Jesus. Jesus is the answer to overcoming because ultimately he's already overcome and his victory is your victory this morning. I just want to encourage you with that right now. For some of you, it's making this commitment. Jesus, I'm going to carve out time with you in the secret place. How many know that the secret place sets us up for a powerful life in the public place? Next thing you know, man, it's not about what you do, it's who you are. And when you're, you're faced with the temptation, if it doesn't look like Jesus, you got no desire for it. The secret place is where the roots of our identity grow and we walk out knowing who we are. Come what may, I got Jesus, man. I got the answer, the solution to anything that I could ever be faced with. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. We got to come back to the heart of worship where it's all about Him. I dare you to make it all about Him in your life this morning. I'm going to pray for us.
and then we we'll just we we'll just worship. Whatever you need, I'll be up here if you want to pray. I'd love to pray over you. Hey, Mel, do we have a prayer ministry team this morning? That's okay. Me, me and Mel will be up here to pray for you if you need prayer. Victor, you want to come up here and be a part of the team? That'd be awesome. Alex, you come up and be a part of the team. If you need prayer this morning, don't leave without man praying with someone. If you need to get saved this morning, man, certainly don't leave without making that right. Jesus wants to come and live inside of you. Man, let's pray. God, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. We love you, we need you, we want more of you, God. We thank you that you're here in this room. Jesus, we thank you that you not only want to save us, but you want a Lord from within us. So we just make a commitment right now as a church family to let you be our leader, our master, and our everything. We let go of everything. We totally surrender, submit, and commit our lives to you, Jesus. We lay everything at your feet right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that you replace it with your love, your goodness, your glory, and your power. We thank you that you fulfill and satisfy like nothing and no one else can, Jesus. Come and have your way in our life. We thank you, Jesus, that it's about being in love with you. And the overflow, man, is just watching that love be made manifest. And I thank you, God, that your signs and wonders and miracles follow us everywhere we go because that's who you are. We love you and give you all the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, whatever you need this morning, man, just, do, just take a few minutes and do business with Jesus. And we're up here to pray for you if you need it.